I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We got one mission left, one game. And I, I expect and I know our boys to come out and give full effort this last game. A lot of pride. Last, last game playing with some of their brothers. So I expect them to come out and play tough and be resilient through the whole game. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, they're playing for the Big Ten uh, to get into the Big Ten championship. So I think obviously me being from Nebraska, me being here for five years um, and not beating them, that's a pretty big thing for me. Um, I'm looking forward to Friday, um, and I'm going to play as hard as I can. So Yeah, they can be the spoiler, yeah. We talked about that, and I think it's the next game, and I know it's a rival game, so I, I know they're going to be up for it. They're going to be up for it. They're going to come out and, and, and play in full force this game. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you got us on right now as you're driving off to a holiday gathering. Uh, Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. We are going to be en route to Iowa on uh, Thanksgiving afternoon, but wanted to get a show on before we left town here as we're taping uh, this on Wednesday afternoon. I'm going to set the time of the show because... Things change on the timeline, but uh, we're getting ready for Friday's Iowa-Nebraska game, 3 o'clock game on Big Ten Network. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot more interest in Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, Steve Sipple and Robin Washett, than there may be right now on Friday. Sip, give me kind of your latest 30-second, 45-second take on where this coaching search sits. What's your feel right now as we get ready for a really big weekend? At this taping... Which is what is today Wednesday? Two Wednesday. Th- we're about two thirty on Wednesday. Yeah, not no higher. There's not there's nothing in place. Um, but it's it's the situation's fluid, but it's evolving quickly. I'd say um, there it's getting right down to the nitty gritty. Um, but I would say there's nobody in place. We've reported a lot. I mean the the discussions with Leipold were serious. The discussions with Rule have been serious, and I don't think they're over. And um, Stoops, it was serious. Um, and I would, I would not, I would not take your eye off Dave Doran. He wants the job, I think. Yeah, and I would not take your eye off Kleiman. Those are the, I think those are the main names right now. So the three remaining, you think, are uh, Dave Doran, uh, Chris Kleiman, and Matt Rule. Yeah, and if I were to rank them, I'd no rank Fickle. them Rule. No, I don't think so. I, if he if, if Fickle's in play, I don't know about it. Um, rule, a distant one. A one, and then a distant – he's clearly one. And then I would say Doran, a distant two. Um, and then the number three would be Kleiman. Kleiman. Yeah, Kleiman, you know, a lot of people just assume that that was the next guy. He makes sense in some respects, obviously – um, he's an Iowa guy from um, he's from Waterloo and Trev's from Cedar Falls. I mean, they're side by side communities. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of common ground between Trev Alberts and Chris Klein oh, and, yeah. um, in terms of their upbringings and, the, and their thought process. Um, he's a good cultural fit there. But Kansas State's having a hell of a year and he's right. really happy there. His best friend is Gene Taylor, the A.D. Uh, he brought him from North Dakota State. Now, Gene Taylor went to Iowa. <clears throat> 
under Jamie Barta or Gary Barta. Then he mm-hmm. became the AD at K State after that. So yep. there was a stop in between there. But um, that relationship with Taylor, and then you know they're going to go to the Sugar Bowl. I mean, the odds say that K State's going to go to the Sugar Bowl. So he's got a very good thing going there right now. Even if they don't win the Big Twelve, they could get the Sugar Bowl invite if TCU goes to the um, oh playoff. To, oh, okay. Go ahead, Rob. I mean, there's a lot to like about just the the style that Chris Kleiman brings. Um, I know that when his name gets brought up on social media or a message board, the fan reaction is certainly split. Is it? Is it? <laughs> but I think on Kleiman, it's split. On Kleiman, really? I think a lot of people just it's not the the sexy hire that a lot of the or at least the vocal part of the fan base hmm. doesn't want. Huh. Or you know, isn't really drawn to. And so with with it's that remaining, recruiting, right? Recruiting is a big part of it, and then a lot of it is just the ceiling factor where yeah. like people don't view Chris Kleiman as a guy that can have Nebraska competing for national championships. Here's how I view him. You know what I'd be looking for if I was the AD? I want it the closest thing I can get to Michigan right now, the way Michigan's playing. Uh, really, really good and ornery up front, good running backs, good, good power running game, good defensively, great on special teams. Who's the closest guy I can get to Harbaugh? It's Kleiman. Well, and the, the counter to that, though, is can Chris Kleiman recruit like a Jim Harbaugh can? Good Jim question. Harbaugh is a national NFL name. Yeah, it's good, that's Can good anybody question. recruit that level in Nebraska, though, or do you have to develop? Because you can't do both. Mm-hmm. You can't do both at a high level. Mm-hmm. You either got to take guys that take three, four years to get them right, mm-hmm. or you're, you're Michigan or Ohio State. Nebraska, well, well, hold on, the historical formula says, though, Nebraska has a hard time getting those types of guys here consistently. Can't, if Michigan can't, why? Now, hold on. Michigan's not. The location, they have more players closer to of them. Of course they do, they can, but it's, they can not, drive it's not like Ohio. I mean, it's still a, one of the marquee brands in all of college football, so too. Nebraska. Used to be. Hmm. Does a recruit coming up have any reference to when Nebraska was good? No. Okay, Riker Fife is the last Nebraska quarterback to start a bowl game, and he turns 30 this year. <laughs> I hate that stat so much. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Anyway, yeah, yeah, thank you. Makes for that. me feel really yeah, old thank too. You. I appreciate that. That's where. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there could be a name we don't know, but I, I'd be surprised. In Fickle, there could be something there. I wouldn't rule him out. It's just that. Well, I want to be clear. I don't know. I haven't heard. I mean, we have had intel on Leipold, on Rule, on Stoops, um, but no, and Doran. But no intel on Fickle. And we're really careful what we share. I, I want to make that clear. Yeah. Like, we hear, let's just say we only share stuff that we know we feel very good about. Mm-hmm. Like, we get lots of emails, DMs, mm-hmm. texts, but it's stuff that we don't even think about sharing on the air. We're right. not trying to mislead people. And then, I mean, right. kind of give it people a snapshot of what we deal with SIP during a time like this. Well, yeah, there are, yeah, there's people that kind of come out of the woodwork and with stuff that they hear, which is fine. I appreciate it. And again, there's stuff we hey, there is, let's face it, there's stuff we don't know. But man, there is stuff we know now. I mean, very, very confident that there's been multiple discussions with Rule. I'm very confident that Trev had multiple discussions with Leipold. Stoops, come on, Sean, you know you know the Kentucky situation. That stuff is that stuff I don't mind talking about because I know it. I don't want to talk too much about now, Doran, I've heard a few times now that enough to to put his name in there. Um, I was hesitant. At, I, I'd love to hear somebody tell me, hey, Fickle's in it. I'd love to hear that, but I haven't. I, I just Well, and I feel like there's just not a lot of people that have an inside track to Fickle. He's very right. 
He's dialed back. Mm-hmm. He, he keeps the media um, at arm's length. So he's a kind of guy that could they could spring on you um, on Sunday or Monday. It would, it would be like Luke. It, this would be like Lincoln Riley going to USC. I mean, remember he did like would be. the post game Zoom with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State after that game. And like nobody knew, and then like the next day he was gone. Mm-hmm. And man, the fan base at Oklahoma was mad. Oh, like, yeah. that, that was a disaster. Not pretty. Boy, it would be pretty at Nebraska if Fickle came walking through the doors at Memorial Stadium, boy. Yep. Oh. So, with that, like, considering the options that we are confident in saying are on the table, uh, which of those candidates do you feel would be the most unifying hire for the fan base? Of the three? I don't think there's there's not one that's going to sell everybody. Rule. Rule. I think Rule is yeah. the clear favorite. Over player. Fickle. Yeah. No. No, we're not put, we're not counting Fickle because we don't know anything. Fickle's the pipe dream. Yeah, right. Rule of, of that the, of that group Sip mentioned of the reality mm-hmm. of the reality based candidates that we that we know are in play. Yeah, rule rule by quite a ways. I'd say. And is that because of his ceiling, the yeah. fact that he's the type of guy yeah. that I mean could yeah. get Nebraska to where Nebraska fans want to be? Yes, that's it. I think a lot of it's that and what he did at Temple and Baylor. Everybody's aware of. Now, of course, he failed miserably at Carolina in the NFL. I don't put much stock in that. Uh, people, I mean, tend Nick not. Saban sucked yeah. in the NFL. Like, who right. cares? I mean, Pete Carroll was fired in the NFL at one point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd say Rule. I'm surprised. I mean, in my mind, both Kleiman and Dorn would be good hires. I agree. Both of them. Kleiman a little. I'd be a little more excited about Kleiman because I what I said. Dorn is a defensive-minded coach whose resume is excellent, um, and I like his temperament. I think his temperament would be good for this place. People, um, it's weird, though. He gets bad reviews. Like, from, like He's just not sexy. No, know? he's not. He's, he's an understated, very, very understated kind of, um, I don't know. I don't want to say quiet, just kind of understated. I've met him once on the satellite camp trips, and, and I mean, he's he just a very professional yeah. approach. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing like, but he, he was, I liked him. Just, yeah getting a feel around him for yeah, that. Tr- I, we don't need Barry Switzer here. I mean, no. we can go hire we, Dave Weber if you want, but uh, <laughs> Dave Weber. I mean, I, I, mean <laughs> I don't think that the personality thing's a big deal right now. Yeah, we, we just need to win football games. Yeah, like, yeah. I, my kids, we were joking, like, I want to take my kids on bowl trips, and, you know, it's going to be great when our kids are go on the bowl trips. Mm-hmm. Well, my kids are, yeah. like, growing kids up. Kids are going to be in high school. Like, <laughs> they go on a bowl trip with us once. Like, we're like, this is going to be so much fun. The girls will go on these trips yeah, They're going to take a work off from their jobs to make time <laughs> yeah. to go on the bowl trip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm be taking my grandkids yeah, yeah, on yeah. bowl trips at this point. Yeah, but, your daughter will be on her second marriage. <laughs> hey, so they might just get rid of bowl games right. like before right. who knows yeah. but back to rule I mean, I, I, did you guys watch any he's made like the national media tour this week um you know on the, a lot of the nfl shows good morning I, yeah. football but did you guys watch any of that no uh, i i'm embarrassed to say no i well, don't do my homework you do Go your ahead. attention span on that kind of stuff is about 30 seconds yeah. well i was just curious what the reaction i guess maybe sean did you watch it yeah i watched yeah. The, the the two minute clip well, yeah i mean what would what, you think like as far as he's just, left the door open to come well, back and coach. Not, not just what he said but just his his presentation like you know we're talking about how dave doran isn't going to do much because he's so understated so to speak like do you think matt rule has that charisma to him that can rally a fan base that really needs needs to pick me up i feel like he's got a handler that kind of like you know manages these things for him very well whether it's his agent or somebody else but 
uh, yeah, he presented himself very well and kind of painted a picture like I was going to sit this year out for my kids, but my kids want me to coach. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want me to sit out. And he goes, I could be coaching somewhere next year. I could be coaching somewhere Monday. He Monday. said the word Monday. So verbatim. All right. Well, we got to um, we're going to get into the game here a little bit. Uh, we are going out to Iowa City. I was even the game Friday. So uh, we're going to hit on that next. We're going to talk Iowa, Nebraska offensive storylines to watch. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. With a lot of uncertainty right now, I just thought it was best to go ahead and walk on senior day and then just take my time after the season to evaluate everything and see where my head is at and kind of see what the situation is and everything going on around me. But it doesn't mean I'm 100% leaving. It doesn't mean I'm 100% staying. I just, uh, I'm just going to wait till kind of postpone it to the end of the season and make my decision then. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washer. That was Casey Thompson. Uh, on his decision to walk on senior day before we get into offensive storylines heading into Iowa. Uh, This segment of the program brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill 30th and Yankee Hill Road. If you're trying to find somewhere to go watch the game on Black Friday, uh, go into Tanner's. They'll have the game on. All the other college games will be on. Nebraska basketball is playing this week as well. Volleyball's got the match against Wisconsin. NFL action uh, Tanner Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill Road. I'm sure you'll be tired of Thanksgiving and turkey, so no better place to get out of the house and uh, get a cold beer and some wings and and watch some sports on TV. But let's get into offensive storylines. Um, Casey Thompson, you know, walked on Senior Day. Uh, Trey Palmer um, did not walk, right? He did not walk. He did not. He did not walk. But that's not surprising. Um, if, if you read Twitter, I think Trey's mom had a hard time getting to Lincoln because she had her senior day for her own high school son as well the night before. And getting from uh, Louisiana to Lincoln for an 11 a.m. game was next to impossible for her. Yeah. And I, didn't Mickey say that Trey wasn't walking? Yeah, he said or, that. So, I mean, like, that, that was not a surprise. It would more if he did. COVID killed senior days, basically. It really it, did. Like, that was just the most random senior day where you had 31 guys going and a bunch of them you didn't know they could come back they might mm-hmm. uh, and, i mean colton feast if he comes back will go through his third senior day you look at basketball Derek walker's gonna have his third senior day this year <laughs> i mean like come on how many plaques of your jersey do you need hanging up in your basement i don't like, I, I don't know what the solution is is it i think you still gotta have them I think you got to have seniors. Yeah, days. I mean, because there's six-year seniors that legitimately I mean, want to be on. Is their last college game, right. and they deserve. And you got to be show on. them respect, right? Yeah. So, so there's a part of me that says just do away with senior day, but no, yeah, I don't think you can. No. I think you better have it and just kind of deal with. Just them. take it for what it is. It's yeah. really insignificant in the grand scheme. Of it things. is the one thing we just we can't decipher who is for sure coming back and all that sort right. of thing just because there's so many variables. Right. Well, let's talk Thank offensive storylines um, in this week's game at Iowa. Um, you know, once again, I mean, Trey Palmer's presence came back last week with Casey Thompson, two touchdowns, but 
Nebraska with the wins just couldn't get anything going when it mattered late in that game. They're going to face another defense maybe as good or better in Iowa. Um, and I think most better. better in a lot of oh, respects. Better than Wisconsin. How yeah. do they move the ball? Well, like, How do you move the ball? And, you know, this is not Scott Frost's offense who had relatively good success against Iowa's defense, mm-hmm. you know, as far as finding plays on them. Um, Mark Whipple seems to be easier to scheme against. People don't really have trouble with his stuff that he's throwing at them right now. Uh, how, do they, how do they get yards on these guys? Yeah, I mean, it's the same recipe. Uh, but, you know, at this point, how comfortable are you saying that Nebraska can run the football? Like, because we keep saying that you got to be able to move the ball effectively with the traditional ground game. You got that offensive line to get pushed to keep drives on schedule. <coughs> well, it really hasn't happened <coughs> in, in a long time. And, you know, Casey Thompson came back and, and gave the passing game a little bit of life, but he barely threw for over 100 yards. They did have two touchdowns, but uh, the production just wasn't there to I mean, compared to where it was earlier in the year. So that's that's a really good question. And now we got to get to the situation where you all you got to be aggressive in finding ways to move the ball, but you have to be very, very careful, probably more careful than against any defense they've faced to date because Iowa is as opportunistic as there is any defense in the country Yeah, with turnovers, with uh, game-changing sacks, tackles for uh, loss, punt returns, punt blocks, all those things. So, I mean, the, the offense is a huge part of this, but you have to play almost mistake-free football defensively and on special teams to even give your offense a chance yeah. to do anything. Yeah, they're, Iowa's best offensive player might be their middle linebacker, Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he sets their offense up a lot. Jack Campbell's really good, um, really good. I mean, he's the best middle linebacker, inside linebacker in the Big Ten. Yeah, 110 And tackles. they're a unit, too. I mean, that's, that's yeah, the difference. Yeah, Mickey made a great point yesterday, Sean. You were covering stuff. But um, <laughs> the, <laughs> Mickey made a great point. They have zero transfers on defense. They, they're all third, fourth, fifth-year guys who, who came up in Phil Parker's system. Phil Parker's been there since – Phil Parker's been there forever, but he's been a defensive coordinator since 2012 – they're they're very versed in their system, so they don't have they don't make mistakes. Now, no, what what do we what do we say about Nebraska when Casey's healthy? They'll, they'll beat with a deep ball. Iowa doesn't get beat with a deep no. ball, so I don't know what you do. They make you dink and dunk. Yeah, that's a bad recipe for Nebraska right. that uh, can't stay on the field, and they got receivers that drop passes, and they can't run the ball. Right. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. If Anthony Grant is struggling in this game to get going and do you give Gabe Irvin a few more looks this week? He got one carry. He looked kind of live last week. Yeah, I mean, on that one carry. But, and I mean, they just don't have enough opportunities to mix in different backs. I mean, You're right. The uh, play counts. Yeah, Anthony Grant is by far your best option. And I think he's proven that. But the inability to even get him going, what makes you believe that Gabe Irvin, who has barely even played this year, is going to step in and be the solution? It's an offensive line issue, Sean. Yeah, I don't Here's think it's a running stat for you. Three of the last four games, Nebraska's offensive play count has been 49 snaps. Unbelievable. 49. I mean, say that again. Three, three of, the, of the last four games, the play count has been 49 snaps. And the opponents, do we know? Roughly um, in the 70s, probably? 65. Yeah, 65. Enough. You, you, you go back to like the days of like Ed Weir and like days when like they, you know, they weren't. I'm trying to think of even older players. Clarence Swanson. I mean, they were snapping it more than that in a game. I mean, it's, 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 it's no, pretty no, you're remarkable. Right. You're right. No, it is. Nebraska's <laughs> offensive futility is startling. I mean, when you talk about 146 yards at Michigan, 171 yards against Wisconsin, now can they can they get to 200 against Iowa? Can they get to 200? Seems like a tall task. It does. Point. But but I'm not 
so sure Nebraska, if they can get 180 yards, can't win the game. Yeah. I mean, that's the strange thing about this. That's the thing, though. If they, if they can make Iowa's offense continue to be as bad as they've been all year and they don't have those game-changing plays on special teams, they're at least going to have an opportunity. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk defense. You're listening to the Oscar Line Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. They're Iowa. <laughs> We got uh, obviously have a chip in our shoulder with, with with those guys. So staying together for for one last week and cherishing these these moments with the seniors and playing as hard as we can for one last game against Iowa. Sometimes in life you don't get the things that you think you, that you deserve or earn. You know you don't you don't always get your way all the time with life or with football. So there's a lot of outside of your control that that I can't control or we can control. And and welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was Garrett Nelson. Um, just the mindset, talking about the Iowa game. Nebraska's lost this game now four years in a row by less than a touchdown, and uh, a lot of them on last-second field goals. I mean, Iowa's won seven in a row. Wisconsin, by the way, has won nine in a row. Think about that. If this game goes Iowa's way, which the odds say it will, between Wisconsin and Iowa will be 17-0 and against Nebraska over their last you – know, over the last eight and a half years or eight, nine years. That, I mean, that, that is – Uplifting, isn't it? Well, you think about like very uplifting. They showed Sean. a stat on Big Red Wrap Up of like losing streaks to opponents, and there's that one in the '50s to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma was like, I mean, they were a national juggernaut. I mean, they were like an NFL team back then, playing college football and just blowing everybody out. And and Nebraska's got a losing streak against Iowa and Wisconsin that's pushing that number right now. Yeah, against a team that's an out at back outback bowl. Regular, you know, I mean, we're not talking about a national champion no. contender. Like, let's, let's put let's call it what it is here. Yeah, Iowa and I was having a good season, and I was tempted to blow them up a little bit. And I started thinking they're not that good. I mean, they're they they were you know they were in trouble. Kirk was in trouble. Ferentz when they lost to Ohio State, the national media came at him pretty hard. Particularly a guy from Cleveland.com who said he's holding the state of Iowa hostage. Now, I had by keeping his son as the offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz. Now, here's what I appreciate about the Ferentz family. How's he respond? Four straight wins. Probably going to go to the Big Ten championship game. There's a great response. But it's not because of the offense. No. It's because of the – In spite of the offense. Yeah, and hardly ever. If you look, and I was looking at it, if you look at Iowa over the course of time, it's hardly ever because of their offense. They're, it's their defense that's been – it was first Norm Parker – from 99 to 2012. Then Phil Parker's a defensive coordinator, not related. Phil Parker played for Norm Parker, I think at Michigan. Um, but the Parkers, I mean, Ferris should really thank his lucky stars for the Parkers. Norm Parker first, then Phil Parker. Phil Parker's, in my opinion, one of the most underrated defensive coordinators in college football. Oh, I think you're like, exactly You right. look at his track record oh, and how amazing. good they've been yeah. for so long, uh-huh. and he does not get the notoriety as some other people in his Because they don't recruit superstars. They develop superstars. Even more of a feather in his cap. Yep. I mean, they, they, take, they take it and fix it up and make them better. I mean, 
I watched the state championship game, and Iowa's taking this kid from Norfolk Catholic who's 6'4", 240. Um, Peeper, okay. uh, Cade Peeper's his name. Okay. Interviewed him in the post game, and I mean, he was, I didn't even dare ask him an Iowa question because I, I, he just had this look on his face like he's a tough kid. And, yeah. you know, but that's the kind of guy they get where you could see what he's going to be in three years. The problem is every coach at Nebraska doesn't think they have three years. Mm. And that's the difference between Iowa and Nebraska. And our good friend Rick Kaczynski, Sipple, said that once. He goes, at Iowa, we could take a chance on guys mm-hmm. um, and develop them. Where at Nebraska, you have to feel like you swing for the fence on every move you make because every move you make gets criticized. Oh, God, that's and, trouble. And you can argue that that's been the turn of the program where – Back in the day, nobody knew what Osborne and Tenaper and Charlie were doing because you didn't follow recruiting. Well, there wasn't 24-hour coverage. No, and I think that has been a huge change where every move you make gets looked at heavily, and and you know it's hard to ignore the noise. It is where Iowa can offer Cade Peeper from Norfolk Catholic, who had a North Dakota State offer, take him. And people are like, hey, this will work out for us. You know, we're here. Yeah. It's like, good point. they settled for this guy. Man, right. recruiting must be going down the tubes because yeah. they took Cade Peeper, yeah. who has no other offers other than FCS it's schools. legit, Sean. Yeah, and that's, I think, the the difference between Nebraska's situation where every coach that's been here um, for at least the last decade has had to try to win now. And they've had to go with quick fixes, whether it's, Calabrasco or the the transfer portal or whatever or Florida it may be. kids or from Florida kids from Miami that are here for like three months and then leave. Like, Let's bring a bunch of Miami kids to Lincoln in COVID twenty twenty. See, yeah, see how that so goes. like I mean, clearly that route doesn't work. But we have a media and a fan base and uh, just a bubble here where if you try to go the long term project route where you are taking two to three years to develop kids it's considered failure in recruiting and that you don't have the chops to compete with Ohio state and Michigan because you're settling. You're not getting four and five stars every year. You're getting the three stars and waiting till they're a junior before they even do anything for you. You try to take a fixer upper versus trying to like actually, you know, take the best home. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not talking about Iowa's offense, but we should mention something. Sam Laporte is not going to play big. Sam Laporte is not going to play. And Monte Potabom is not going to play. Uh, Laporta has 53 catches. As the, as the tight end. He's their next NFL guy. Yeah, he's their best And he player. would have come to Nebraska, too, by the way. Oh, that's what, <laughs> well, are you just trying to spoil yeah, Thanksgiving um, at Brian, this you point, know, Bri- Sean? He's from Tanner Farmer's high school, and, and Brian Farmer brought him up here like twice. You're kidding me. Yeah, he, re- he, he jumped 36, 37 Sean, on the vert. are you ver- serious? Yeah, they could have had Laporta? Who'd they take instead, do you remember? Um, well, they had, they've had good tight ends here. To, to, they just never used Here's them. the thing, guys. <laughs> Laporta was going, hey, hey. Give Iowa credit here because Laporta had no Power Five offers. He was going to the MAC, like he was going to play. Um, I want to remember Tavita Thompson. Yeah, he was at a MAC job, and I think they were going to get him at one of those MAC schools. Is that right? And then Iowa came in at the last minute in January and offered him. Well, anyway, Laporta's hurt, so Luke Lachey will get a lot of action. He's a good tight end. I think he's got 18 catches. Monty Potabom, I only mentioned. He only has six rushing yards this year. I only mentioned him. Because he is big in their run game. I mean, he's a he's a he's a hard blocking fullback, and they use him in different ways. But neither of those guys will be available, and that's big for Nebraska, especially Laporta, obviously. To answer the question of who Nebraska took in 2019 instead of Sam Laporta, Chris Hickman from Omaha Burk. But you can't. I mean, you can't really. I mean, Hickman yeah. was nationally. Imagine recruited. if they didn't take the in-state. True. And that's took, true. And took a guy. Took yeah. a guy that had only MAC offers. Yeah. No, you're right. Like didn't it wouldn't have gone over well. No, I mean so 
it's easy now to like right. but that's the limbo nebraska's in right yeah. now so all right well when you come back uh we are going to take questions in the mailbag with abby barmore you're listening here to the husker online show with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I'm going to be on my couch until I get a phone call. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be on my couch. I mean, I'm going to coach him up until Friday. Then Saturday, I'm going to spend all day with the family. Then Sunday, I'll probably come in here and get some things done. But until I hear anything, you know, I, everybody's going to kind of just take some time away. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, Abby Barmore joining us here for the mailbag. And it's going to be nice, I'm sure, for Mickey Joseph to just get on that couch and, and rest for a day. But I'm guessing, guys, there's not going to be a lot of resting for Mickey Joseph. He's going to be on edge for that phone call yeah lots of unknowns right now um i guess as far as we know as of tuesday he had still not had any formal conversations with trev alberts about his future and where he stands with that job but he did say he expects those conversations to happen monday or tuesday all right let's get into the mailbag abby what do you have of course i gotta ask first when do you think they will announce the next head coach mm. monday Mon- Sunday or Monday. Now, if it leaks Saturday, yeah. Yeah, if it formally leaks Saturday, could they do it um, Sunday? Hmm. And the other thing we've heard um, is the announcement could be inside the Hawks Center, like in the indoor practice field. So I'd imagine they're going to have to present that well. I mean, like a stage and lights. Mm-hmm. and I mean, you can't just have it on the turf. It would yeah. look pretty. Well, I'd heard from people within the media relations department that that's what they wanted to do with this. They Hawks? Didn't- they didn't want to just well not Hawks necessarily, but they didn't want to do it on level three like they do every other hire. Like normally, level three is for hirings, level six is for firings, and I think they wanted to get away from that to where it was, it was more of a event than just a press conference. They wanted to get more people in attendance and have it be a celebration, so to speak. So the Hawks makes a lot of sense. There's room, mm-hmm. so we'll see if that actually plays out. But maybe uh, Saturday we need to kind of peek in the Hawks. Yeah. Mm. Peak. How you do yeah, that? Right. But, well, those garage doors have windows. Do they? Yeah. There you go. Get old. Do they, really? Do they have windows? Oh, we better not say that out too loud. But yeah. They have <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm giving away state secrets here. <laughs> like, have a bunch of people surrounding just, the Hawks. We're not when we just get talking there. amongst ourselves here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Abby. What's next? If you could choose which direction to go with the program, would you rather have a quick turnaround and not much security with the next coach? Have him leave within the next three years. Mm. Or have him, you know, build up the program and stay for five or more years. I don't know if you can really pick. I mean, if a guy does well here, he's going to get opportunities to leave. So I don't know if anybody is like a lifer here, right? I mean, that's why I was. That's why Leipold was. I I, I like the idea of Lance because he would have been a lifer. I think he had opportunity to get it going fairly quickly, then then stay for a long time. Now Kleiman would probably be that type too, though, right? Um, You'd think. Yeah, rule, on the other hand, hmm, don't know. Don't know how long you're going to get rule. So here's here's the argument I would make with, with that is in order to get good right away, what do you have to probably lean on right now? Transfer portal. And is that sustainable? Whereas 
when you get a developmental program coach that is recruiting freshman linemen and developing them over three to four years, and all of a sudden you're really good, you have a true pipeline on both sides of the ball, I mean, is that more sustainable? So if said coach yeah. leaves, uh, you, know, you can pick up and continue that, whereas with a flash in the pan, is it sustainable? Do you think Casey Thompson comes back for another year or will the next coach bring in another quarterback? I have a hard time thinking he's going to come back. I, I just – he's going to be 25 next October. He's going to get his master's on Saturday. He'd have to enter into another master's program. If you're a new coach coming in, do you want to build the foundation of your new program on a 25-year-old guy that's strictly here for a business decision? Or do you want to build it on like a guy for the future that you can work with multiple years? That's my question. Well, he's already talking about what – life after football looks like. I mean, he's got big plans with that training facility he wants to start in Oklahoma City and potentially have a franchise down in Texas and maybe Nebraska. So, I mean, he's got uh, very big plans beyond football. And like you said, he just got he's going to get his master's here in December. Um, maybe there's going to be incentive for him to just go ahead and get the ball rolling on that because um, – He's got he, the rest of his life to work. Exactly. He's got the rest of his life to work. Maybe he'd say, you know what? One more year, I want to play. But, Sean, I get where you're coming from. Is that what you want? Um, I don't know. I mean, if he gives you the best chance to win, that's what I might want, uh, right? Knowing you only have him for one year. Mm -hmm. uh, and, well, he, and I think it's more than a business decision. He genuinely, genu genuinely seems to like it here. Now, the new coach, obviously, will go a long way in that. And if that coach has a quarterback right. that he wants yeah. to accompany him to Nebraska. Right. That's All right. What do you got next, Abby? Was the Class A final one of the biggest indictments of Scott Frost and his recruiting? Ooh. Yeah, the the, uh, the Zane Flores portion of things um, was tough to see. I mean, I've watched high school football here my whole life at a high level and went to many games, and, and that was one of the best quarterback performances you're going to see just the way he played in that game. And even Caleb Benning, I mean, he's offered by Nebraska, but you know, he wasn't a slam dunk to come here. Frost was the coach, I don't think. I mean, I think that was another one. But the kicker situation, thankfully, Mickey mm -hmm. Joseph offered um, Alvano, the kicker at Westside, and he had been on Nebraska's radar. But Nebraska had kind of boxed themselves in the corner because Timmy Bleakroads got two years on scholarship, one more remaining season. You technically aren't supposed to have two scholarship kickers. So, uh, but Alvano just earned an offer. Period. That was incredible. I mean. Off the ground. It wasn't a tee box. Like, high school kickers can use a little tee. Mm -hmm. He was doing it off the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just drilling them in, like, high-pressure situations in Memorial Stadium. I mean, 50-yard kick. You don't see that very often. Chris Brown, our boy, said that he was the best high school kicker in the country. Whoa. Yeah, and that's Chris Brown. He, he would know a thing or two about what kickers. What floors look like? Oh, he looked incredible. I mean, yeah. over 400 and some yards passing. His team was down. He drove them down to get the lead. Uh, you know, they were up in that game 41-39 after he drove them down. And then Alvano kicked the field goal to win the game. Those skills transfer? Well, I mean, will they transfer to Okie State, to the Big 12? Will that, will that yeah. Like? I mean, he, he's got his footwork and mechanics and release. He's as advanced in those areas as you're going to see. Wow, what the hell? Why, 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 why did Our guy Brian Munson uh, wrote in three and out this week. That he was just befuddled that Nebraska ignored St. Flores and thinks that looking back, not just with Flores, but the other regional quarterbacks, uh, this could be one of those like Joe Burrow type things where you look back and say, what was Nebraska doing? Like what a missed Well, there's four of them. I mean, there's four regional quarterbacks that all could have come here. Um, J.J. Cole, Des Moines, Iowa, or Ankeny, Iowa, going to Iowa State, but highly connected to the Fultz. 
Gerald Fultz delivered him to Nebraska. I mean, the kid loved Nebraska, was very interested. They just didn't really move on J.J. Cole. Avery Johnson, Bill Bush worked really hard to get Avery. And then they, they just can't – before his visit, they took the commitment of William Watson. And Frost had the opportunity to s- slow down the William Watson thing. And, and he let that happen. Like Whipple pushed that one through, and they took it. And then you've got Lincoln Keenholz from uh, Pierre, South Dakota. He is a cousin of the Hausmans, all three of them on the team right now. Cooper, uh, Ernest. Ernest, and then um, Ashton. Uh, they're all on the team, and he is a cousin of the Hausmans. And he's going to Washington to play for Kalen uh, DeBoer. Now, let's be fair. Like William Watson is also having a very good prep career, but, his, but it's in Massachusetts. But his body and skill yeah, set doesn't trans. That don't that doesn't translate to this kind of weather. It really doesn't. He's a little guy. Yeah, we saw him in June. So I hate to just like say he's automatically a bust and, and all yeah, that. Right. But again, who knows? I mean, like, will that commitment stand if there's significant changes, which we expect with the coaching staff? I mean, like, then is Nebraska basically starting over at square one, trying to find its quarterback of the future? Ugh. And the Flores thing, like, his window from sophomore to junior year, he was there the same day Riola was at camp. So he was just kind of an afterthought, wasn't really being watched, mm. and didn't, you know, didn't get prior. I would, I'd call it at camp priority reps, where like you're pushing him up to get reps. He was just kind of a guy in line, you know, at camp. And then he had a big junior year, won the state title. They had the opportunity to be the first offer after his junior year when they won state. They didn't do anything. Mm. And then, a mm. uh, mm. l- little too late. But yeah, it's fascinating. Final question, Abby. What do you got? What is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Ooh. Cranberries. Um, cranberries. Just, just cranberries? Not like cranberry <laughs> sauce? My mom makes this. It's spe- just cranberries out of a can if, if it's just fine with me, Rob. Um, I'll eat it right out of the can. Let's go. Yeah. Simple man. Spaghetti corn. My mom makes it. And I'm not going to see her on Thanksgiving this Spaghetti year. Um, it, yeah, it's like corn, cheese, but it's just, ooh, yeah. it's really good. And then. Um, stuffing though, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> but there, there can be bad stuffing though. Like not all stuffing is created equal. Got to be done right. It's got to be a little crispy, have a little bit of a, you know, crunch to it. I, you know, it's interesting you say that because I would say it's like pizza. I like it all. Well, I, I've never yeah. had bad stuffing. It can be dry though. You can make it dry. Yeah. I've had I've had weird stuffing. Like the texture is like mushy or like dry, like you said. Like, and I will not touch green bean casserole. Sorry, oh, guys. I like green bean casserole. That was my that's my that's favorite. Yeah, that you, is Abby, my favorite. You get the piece with like the extra crispy onions on it. Let's oh, go. so good. But so good. my vote, if if mac and cheese is on the menu, I'm hitting mac and cheese <laughs> hard. Probably more so than like any other thing. Really? And then one thing that I think is the most underrated thing is deviled eggs. I will smash oh, yeah. like 20 yeah. deviled eggs. That's trouble for the stomach, though. I know. I mean, I, it's whatever. I, 56 years. I care about the consequences after the fact. Oh, I don't yeah. worry about them at the time. Lisa's dad, they make these German-Russian buttered noodles. Oh. And they're like these Whoa. thin noodles. They cook them in p- potato water. And then you have croutons that are just soaked in butter. Mm-hmm. And you cook them in butter. Sounds and then you good. mix the butter and the croutons. A lot of butter. It's good. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds delicious. That was a great man. segment. Well, <laughs> let's go eat now, guys. Yeah, I'm hungry. Hungry. Yeah, <laughs> All right, Abby, have a happy Thanksgiving and, and uh, best of luck covering that big volleyball match on Friday. Oh yeah, Wisconsin. It'll be a great one. Mm. Gee, many Christmas. All right, when we come back, we'll close the show. It's rivalry week in the Big Ten. We'll break down those games next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. 
Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You, you have to adapt to the conference, and, and you, you, your team's got to kind of look like the team that you play every week. And you have to um, surround yourself with people that understand or see it through your eyes and see it from the balcony and not the basement. You know, everybody say when your head coach is lonely. Well, I really don't get lonely because everybody wants to, everybody's tugging at you. So you really don't get lonely. You're lonely because you want to be lonely. You know, and I'm not that type of person. And I was able to do it my way. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washer. That was Mickey Joseph talking about coaching in the Big Ten, what he's learned. Uh, let's get in now to the Big Ten. We're week 13, final week of the regular season. Before we get into the week 13 rivalry matchups, I'm just going to zip through uh, what we learned in week 12. Michigan beat Illinois 1917. Um, somewhat controversial, Brett Bielema. I don't know if he got fined yet, Sip, um, for his tweet against the league referees, but I'm sure he will get a nice Thanksgiving fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he tweeted out a controversial play. He didn't say anything controversial in the tweet. He said, we're just going to have to work on this. It was a pick play that Michigan ran. And, and it was I think it was controversial. I think – I mean, I don't think it was a clear-cut pick play, but you guys might disagree with me. Yeah, um, either way. You yeah. Tweet stuff like that, you're going to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indiana beat Michigan State, a huge double overtime win for Tom Allen, 39-31. Did that save his job? No. He's out. My God. I mean, it shouldn't save his job. It, maybe it will, but it shouldn't. They, well, were, they were in like red alert this offseason, and then this season played out the way that it did. Yeah, like, it shouldn't save his job. In Michigan State, um, now at 5-6, and six, they play Penn State this week, so they're probably not going to a bowl. That, that was a big blow for Mel Tucker, huge blow for Mel Tucker, not to win that game. 12-point favorites. Uh, to not get to a bowl. Uh, Purdue hangs on, beats Northwestern 17-9. to nine. They're now seven and four. Um, if Nebraska were to beat Iowa, um, I think Purdue could backdoor into Indy. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Um, they they would be they if they win if they win their final game. Now Maryland gave Ohio State a tussle in in um, College Park. It was forty three to thirty. Ohio State won that game. Tagovailoa threw for two ninety three. Um, on the on the game and that uh, for, for uh, Maryland, Nebraska obviously lost Wisconsin fifteen fourteen. Um, Penn State all over Rutgers, 55-10. The Scarlet Knights are really having a rough season. They're four and seven, um, you know, but they they have not had much success in the Big Ten. And then finally, really, I thought the most impactful game of the weekend was Iowa beating Penn State, thirteen to ten. Mo Ibrahim had thir- Iowa beating Minnesota. I'm sorry, Iowa beating Minnesota, thirteen to ten. Mo Ibrahim had thirty nine carries for two sixty three in the loss. He's been getting like 30-plus carries per game for about a month. Mm-hmm. So uh, now on to this week's matchups. Uh, obviously, the game, Ohio State at uh, – Michigan's at Ohio State on Fox. The Buckeyes, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. That's an 11 a.m. game. Nebraska, Iowa, Black Friday. Hawkeyes, ten-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Over-under at 38-and-a-half. I can't imagine a lot of money going on the overs on that one, boys. Both numbers are high. It didn't. It opened lower than that too. Like the 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 total has gone up over the last few days. So clearly Vegas, maybe they were baiting a little bit to to get some. Are they just anticipating Nebraska just giving up? Yeah, and falling apart. Or, or like in our whole offense discussion, how are they even going to move the ball, let alone score points? You got Rutgers, uh, Maryland 
at College Park, Maryland, two-touchdown favorite. That's an 11 a.m. BTN game. 2.30 BTN, Illinois at Northwestern. Brett Bielema trying to get an 8-4 and four, uh, season. They're 14.5-point favorites. Minnesota at Wisconsin, 2.30 on ABC, or ESPN. Um, Wisconsin, a three-point favorite in that game. Jim Leonard um, expected to be named the head coach after that game. Is right. that right? That's that's what your uh, friend Jeff Padrick or Padrikas said, right? Yeah. Well, Padrikas, yeah, they've been expecting Leonard to get that job. I, I know Lance Leipold interviewed for it, but they've it's been watertight. There hasn't been a lot of speculative candidates there. Then you got the Oak Bucket game, um, Purdue at Indiana, Boilermakers, a ten and a half point favorite. Um, that game is two thirty and. Purdue going for an eight and four season. That would be the second year in a row they went eight and four with a chance to win nine mm-hmm. in a bowl. Yeah, and then yeah. finally uh, the three o'clock game on FS1: Michigan State at Penn State. Uh, for Penn State, they're nine and two. Uh, they're eighteen and a half point favorites. They get to ten and two and get the right rating. They could slide into the New Year six. Mm-hmm. So there's some meaning for that game for James Franklin. Mm-hmm. Big game is the game. The game is two undefeated teams. I mean it's. I don't know if we're going to be able to watch it because we, we might be dealing with our. With we'll have it on in the office. Yeah. Well, we'll be out of here by the end. By the well, the, we're oh, going to be on at ten. So yeah, let, let's let's let, tell the listeners what our plan is for okay. Saturday. So we um, we're going to come back Friday, mm-hmm. um, and we plan to be in the duck blind, ready to roll Saturday morning. So we, we'll be back up here in the office Saturday, um, and we're going to go live. So um, as of now, I think Sipple has got me to ten a.m. We were going to do nine. Uh, but I think we're going to go 10 a.m. to 11 just to kind of set the stage of where things are at. So make sure you're on the Husker Online YouTube channel. We'll be on at 10 um, for an hour to kind of set the stage. We won't be doing our normal post-game show from Iowa City. We're going to get back, and we're going to do that post-game show instead on Saturday morning. Any, any final thoughts, gentlemen? Who's your pick for Ohio State, Michigan? Ohio State. Okay. I, I like – Michigan in a close game because I think Michigan will bully him again, not like they bullied him last year. You know, Ohio State's once again not running the ball that well. They don't have Jackson Smith and Jeba. Now, I don't know what Blake Corum's status is for Michigan, mm-hmm. but I think Michigan can bully Ohio State again, not like they did last year, but enough to win like 24 to 21. I got Ohio State by three. Close game. All right, gentlemen, happy Thanksgiving. I will see you guys uh, on the interstate about 2.30 on uh, Thursday. Now the fun starts. All right, let's get to work. Let's get a game in in Iowa. Uh, Thank you for everybody for listening, and make sure you uh, download us on the Husker Online podcast channel. Also check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to Husker Online. we got a great special going on right now. $25 gets you a membership all the way until September 1st of next football season. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.